don't give up waiting. Like he's he's worth the wait every time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I am Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Follow us along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC, and also check out Disciple of City on Facebook and Instagram, and every Disciple Sent, which is filled with testimonies, stories, and teachings of the Great Commission. My guest today has always had a heart to help people. He went to college for nursing and placement in the hospital setting, all the while working for Christian Horizons, but God had other plans for him. He's now applying for full-time ministry with E3. Let's welcome Chris Blackwood. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you, man. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. You found the place all right, eh? We're a little hidden here, but... I found my way. Found your way. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Good old GPS. No, I thought we... Sometimes we can evade that GPS where we are here tucked away in the secret studios in Peterborough. But anyways, man, um, bro, I'm excited to hear about what's going on with E3 and what your future looks like with that. But uh, let's sort of roll right back a little bit to the beginning, man. You grew up in in a Christian home and stuff. What was that Mm. like for you as a kid that you can remember? Yeah, uh, as long as I can remember, yeah, just being kind of immersed in the the church life and uh yeah both my parents are christians um they got saved years before they had a family and before they were even together um yeah but they always instilled in us just christian values and just like raised us in the ways of the lord you know um so yeah we grew up going to emmanuel alliance church um the name has changed of that church now, but anyway, yeah, we, we grew up going there and just met a lot of good Christian people there and, and just, uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends there growing up and just loved being there. And you were telling me before about attending a Billy Graham conference in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was one of his like big crusade things in Toronto, just like massive crowd in the sky dome. Um, yeah, and at the end of the the gospel message, he like invited people to come down onto the field and accept the Lord. So I felt in my heart to do that at age six, and um, yeah, I mean, I as much as I understood Jesus and faith, like I I was able to make a decision. You know, I was able to get to that point in my heart where I knew I wanted to to know God more. I wanted to serve Him. I wanted to like give him my life. <laughs> That's wild. So what was, mm. so you went down with one of your parents? Yeah, uh, they were both there. I think my younger brother was there as well. Like, um, I mean, when you went up to the front and stuff, how does Oh yeah. Work? Yeah. Yeah. They came with me. Yeah. Cause I was so young. I don't think they wanted to send me into a crowd by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, just wonder what that looks like. So you go mm-hmm. up and, and just in a big sea of people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I but don't do have a great memory of it, but yeah, there was a, a huge crowd, like a lot of, a lot of kids too, responding to the, the gospel. It was pretty powerful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I never, unfortunately, attended any of those events or got to hear him preach in person. Mm. Um, what about as you grew, Chris? Did you, uh, what was it like as you, sort of the high school years and sort of getting, you know, when you started venturing out on your own and seeking mm-hmm. who you are as a individual? 
Yeah. Um, I'd say like into my teen years and high school years, I kind of started to wander a bit and I, I don't know, I always had a bit of a, uh, we'll say rebellious streak in me as a kid too. Um, just wanting to like do (laughs) things that I knew I shouldn't do basically. (laughs) Like I don't have to get into all the, the details of that, but like snowballing cars and egging cars and stuff like was kind of a, a pastime for us <laughs> in the teen years, especially, um, which I'm, I'm not proud of that, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was my, my journey kind of wandering a bit away from the Lord. And then, yeah, just kind of like making friends with, uh, not the, the most Christian people will say, and, um, ended up getting into the party drinking scene. Um, so a lot of weekends, you know, I was just like looking forward to just getting drunk with my buddies and, and that was kind of what we did. And, um, I mean, we had our fun, but it, it, yeah, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, well, it's an interesting path, right? Cause we mm-hmm. grow up and we, it's not like you would have, you know, people still have those beliefs, but you start seeing the other side and you're trying to figure out who you are and where you fit into the world and stuff. So Mm. what, what changed or did it go crazy deep or was it just sort of atypical or what, what changed or sort of led you out of that? Yeah. Um, so basically fast forward to like university years. Um, yeah, really still immersed in partying and just doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't like seeking to be obedient to God at all. I didn't, didn't really even understand what that was or what it was meant to be. Like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't even read my Bible at that point. I was barely ever praying, you know, and just totally distant from God. Um, yeah. So in university, I, I did a couple of years at Trent university here in Peterborough um, just trying to figure my life out and just really not finding like peace or joy in any of the programs I was taking. So I just kept trying different programs. And, uh, in my third year university, I decided to transfer it to the university of Ottawa to do accounting of all things. And <laughs> I like, I always loved math for some reason and just was good at it. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll just try that. And lasted a semester and dropped out. Um, and it was like earlier that year I started smoking marijuana for the first time somehow, like through all high school, I was able to avoid the peer pressure. And I don't know why I just like one day was like, all right, I'm just going to try this and just kind of loved smoking marijuana and the, just the high it gave me. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was very temporary, short lived and didn't ultimately satisfy me the way that I was searching for. Um, and it just led me into just like pretty crippling anxiety. And and I was like actually battling depression though. I was never like diagnosed by a doctor or anything. I just was like sad, you know, and just felt like this real lack of purpose in my life. Like what the heck am I even doing? (laughs) Um, and I, I couldn't figure it out. Like I, I tried to like figure out my purpose on my own just it was, it was mostly just like I was seeking a way to like make money, you know, get a career and not that there's anything wrong with getting careers, but it's just like nothing was fitting for me. 
And anyway, in that, in that year of just not, um, in that year I was, I was just like really struggling. So I was like having panic attacks. Like I, and I quit smoking weed at this point because of the effects of it. Like every time I'd smoke it, I would just have crazy panic attacks and just feel like pretty debilitating anxiety. Like I couldn't do anything. Um, and it got to the point where it was like giving me chest pains and stuff. And like, I I was thinking like, Oh man, I'm going to have a heart attack and just die one day. And I'm like 21, 22 years old. (laughs) And so I'd go to like the hospital and stuff and get checked out. And like, they, they just, every time were like, no, you're good. Your heart's healthy. You're fine. Go home. And just nothing, you know, like they never, for whatever reason, never even like thought to, uh, look into anxiety and like the mental health side of it, which is crazy at this, in this day and age that they didn't. Um, but I see that as like God's hand, like for whatever reason that didn't come up, you know, and I didn't get diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Um, yeah, I didn't get a prescription drug or anything, you know, to deal with it. Instead, I had to, to go to the great physician for help. Um, so I actually just started like crying out to God, God, like, (laughs) where are you? Like, I, I need help. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling, you know, like I, I don't know what my purpose is in life. And I got this like debilitating anxiety all the time. Like, what the heck am I doing with my life? Please help me. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) So did you feel like, um, like smoking may, did you sort of turn to that thinking that would help you feeling anxious when meanwhile it just more contributed to it for you? Um, like or around that time. So what happened? So what happened when you cried out? What did you experience? Yeah. Um, so yeah, with the, the marijuana, like I did try to go back to it a few times, you know, cause I, I just still wanted the high feeling, the good feeling that it gave me, but it just, every time just like came back to bite me even worse and just gave me like even worse anxiety. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I knew like, this is not a solution, you know, this is not a long-term solution for my health. Um, so yeah, I, I just finally quit smoking it altogether. Um, and actually just really decided in my heart, like, God, I, I'm going to dedicate my life to you. If you will set me free from this, this pain and this anxiety, like I will give my whole life to you. If you can help me, (laughs) that's pretty much what happened. And so what did you, what did you experience through that prayer? And like, and then what led you to, yeah. What did you experience through that prayer? Hmm. Or did you necessarily feel or experience something instantly or was it just sort of a transition period right yeah so this this wasn't like your typical well not typical but instant healing type thing it was yeah it was like kind of a journey of continually crying out to him like excuse me yeah I just I had to just like keep surrendering like and it was like he was he was using the the pain that I was in to like continue to draw me in deeper and woo me to himself, um, kind of like ensuring that I was like serious, you know, like that I was actually going to give him my life because I think 
if I had been like instantly healed and the anxiety just disappeared, then I could have quite easily gone back to my old life and just taken it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. So what brought you then to nursing college and sort of a desire to work in the hospital field? Yeah. Um, so within the, the dedication of my life to the Lord, I, I said to him, like, I'll, I'll give you a year of Bible college, you know, like I want to, I want to get really grounded in, in the word and just know you and, and be in Christian community too. Cause I just needed, um, the, the support in that, you know, and just like, yeah, all my, a lot of my friends anyways, weren't Christian at the time. So I just needed to have that kind of a shift, you know, into a, a safer community. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I, did a year of Bible college. And then, um, through that year, there was like missionaries that would come and visit and just give like presentations and just pour their heart out, you know, like share their testimony. And I was like, Oh man, these people are amazing. Like this is what giving your life to God really looks like. Like they left everything and went to these hard to reach places, you know, and were just giving their whole lives to God. And so that just inspired me to want to do missions work with my life. Um, so that was how I kind of got sprung into that. Um, and just through praying and just like trying to figure out my calling, I just kind of somewhat, I feel like looking back at it now, I can say I kind of made up my own calling, (laughs) um, and decided, okay, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa and I'm going to go and become a nurse that I can get entry into the, the country and just, that will be my way of getting in and blessing people, you know, cause I think like at that time too, I didn't have like super big confidence in sharing Jesus or like evangelizing or preaching or anything like that. So it was just, that was the, um, comfortable way in. Awesome. So then you, and, and as you were telling me earlier, so now you're in nursing school, you're working, part-time at Christian Horizons, I guess, pay for, pay for that tuition at the same time you're helping, you're helping people out. And, uh, so then what, what happened after that? Like as you went through school or as you sort of completed that program? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm working at Christian Horizons and, um, yeah, that's like the part-time thing just to help me pay for school. So, um, after like after I got through nursing school, um, it was it was kind of towards yeah after I'd written the licensing exam and everything I had this this job basically offered to me at the Peterborough Hospital um, and it was like a perfect fit it was working in geriatrics and like uh, dementia and behavioral patients basically and like the Christian Horizons house I was at was a behavioral home so it was just like that had prepared me to to take a job like that on top of all all the nursing school of course but um yeah I I just was praying and like thanking God and then I think I was reading yeah I was reading in the Bible like reading the story of Abraham and Isaac and how how God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, who was like the promised child, you know, and just the faith of Abraham in that to just be obedient and and take his son to 
actually sacrifice him. Um, just believing that God would like resurrect it, you know, resurrect his son and, and the promise. Um, so yeah, God really spoke to me through that, just that he was actually asking me to sacrifice the promise of this nursing career, this nursing job. And I, yeah, I struggled with that. Like I wrestled with that for a good couple of months, like just praying and praying and praying and like, God, like, how can this be? You know, <laughs> it was just like, uh, this is, this is my plan, God, to serve you. You know, this is how I want to like build your kingdom, you know, and, and I, I'm giving you my life. So how, how does this make any sense? You know, and it didn't, it didn't make sense. And sometimes, um, acts of faith don't make sense on the, the surface. Um, but it's just about trusting God that he has a better plan. So I eventually I, I did give up the job and like I resigned the position before I even started, um, which is incredibly hard and a little awkward to do. <laughs> but I, I remember distinctly, it was at one of the prayer burns here in Peterborough. I think it was at Auburn Church, um, just sitting there in the pew praying and praying and praying about this, like God would just speak to me. And I just felt like he wanted me to write out my resignation letter right there. So I just grabbed a piece of paper and just started writing. And like, as soon as I signed my name at the bottom of it, it was just like this overwhelming peace just flooded me. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a big, um, act of obedience, especially after, you know, just what you've described so far of wondering what your purpose is and then sort of coming up with a plan of yeah. wanting to serve him. And that's a long time too, a couple of years plus uh, placement. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a huge act of obedience. So, so, um, what, so what transpired after that? So you let that go, you were, you, you still maintained Christian horizons for a while and then take us, take us through that transition and then to when you got connected with Disciple of City. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm still I'm still at Christian Horizons, and it's like kind of during nursing school is when I got connected with, with you and with Adam um, and just the uncovered events that you guys put on just to, like, train people on how to share their faith and just, yeah, that that honestly boosted my faith like crazy. Like before I was, I was basically just expressing my faith, um, within the church walls, basically. Like I was a youth leader and a young adult leader at Ferndale. And, um, that was like how I ministered to people, you know, and it wasn't that I'd never share Jesus outside of that. It was just like kind of scary to do it, you know? (laughs) And it was like, I didn't have, I didn't have tools at my disposal to, to make it like, Oh, I can actually do this. You know, like I didn't have the confidence, um, or the know-how. So you guys like totally changed my whole game, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, yeah. So I continued on working at Christian horizons after I, I let the nursing thing go and I was just like trying to process, okay, God, what am I doing then for my life? (laughs) Like, what am I doing moving <laughs> forward? Like, cause it wasn't like God gave me another option to turn towards. It was just, it was just choose him. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, okay, now, now I've listened to you. Now what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that was like the wrestle too. I was like, God, what, what's the other door that you're going to open before I let this go? You know, wanting to have like some insurance or whatever, just wanting somewhere else to turn. But it was like, no, just turn to me, son. (laughs) And that, that was, that was hard, but it it was totally worth it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so with Christian Horizons, I was, I was still on staff there for a couple more years, I think after that, or no, like a year after that, maybe not even a year. Anyway, yeah, I, I ended up quitting that job as well, which was another (laughs) big tester to, to actually let go of my source of income. Um, just felt the Lord saying like, I want you to just trust me. I want you to live on faith for a year and and just let yourself like rest in me and get to know me go deeper in your faith and just knowledge of the word and everything like that just um so yeah i i ended up quitting my job and it was like pretty much exactly six years of working there um and so the lord spoke to me just how that's like parallel to the like the israelites and how they were required to let the land rest on the seventh year Um, so he was just showing me that he wants to give me that rest and it was just like actually meant to be a gift for me, not a, not a curse or a a struggle thing, but just like to trust him. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. As we were talking about it earlier before we got on the show of, I mean, you, you know, you turned down the, the nursing position, which was, which was huge, but you still had the Christian horizon. So now to let this go to and totally trust into him. So how did you financially get through that year? Yeah. So basically I, I relied on savings, but also just people in my life who knew what I was doing and like the decisions I was making that wanted to support me at times, whether it was just like taking me out for dinner or whatever. Um, there were some bigger ones too. Um, yeah, just a part of that year off, I had started dating someone and like very, things moved very quickly and we ended up wanting to get married. And so, um, we actually got engaged and then I needed a ring, but I didn't have money, enough money to buy a ring. So I was just like praying to God, like asking him to provide the ring for me. And sure enough, like, I don't know, maybe a few weeks into praying for that, like someone, one of my friends just like said, Hey, I feel like God's telling me to give you this money. <laughs> and it was like a lot of money to, to pay like more than enough to pay for a ring. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just seen God's hand of provision in so many ways, which was beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then take us through dude, um, getting more in depth with, like on some of the trips, I just, there's so many things to talk about, right? I'm not really sure yeah. where to hit, but, uh, when did you start? So you were talking about f- sharing, but m- mostly sharing within the church wall. So when, when did you start really feeling a heart or a push to share more outside of there? And then let's talk about Africa. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, just in, in partnering with you guys, like Disciple City, like honestly totally changed my whole world of what it meant to be a Christian. Like 
and I had this, this deep hunger, you know, like I knew there was more to it. I knew that like, just from reading the scriptures, like it was so plainly obvious, you know, like Jesus calls us to live how he lived. Like, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You know, you will do the, the things that I do. And it's, it's plainly written in scripture. And so I, I just found myself like really hungry and just wanting more of that, that life. I wanted my life to look like what I seen in like the book of Acts, you know, and the gospels. And I, um, was just asking God to show me how to do that. And, and so along came Disciple of City and, and the Uncovered events and um, also just the weekly outreaches that you guys are putting on. Like I just felt like so strongly that I was meant to partner with you guys and just start hitting the streets and didn't matter how nervous I felt at first. Like I just needed to go. Like I needed to learn how to how to share my faith with people and how to get the gospel out there because like if if I really believe like what the scriptures say, if I really believe that hell is a real place, that it's a real destination that a lot of people are going on this planet, then I need to warn them. I need to to do something. I need to share the, the love of God that they don't have to go there. They don't have to f- suffer eternally. They can have eternal life and know Christ and um yeah, just be set free, you know, be set free and healed and, and live the way that we were actually meant to live free of sin. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So for the listeners, just to give some context, as Chris was saying about partnering with Disciple of City, we, uh, in the beginning, we would run, uh, an outreach nights once a week out of downtown Peterborough, and we would just gather and worship and pray together and then go out to share the gospel. And the purpose wasn't to, do street evangelism it was more over to display to people like chris who were a little shy nervous to share their faith that people were open to hear the gospel when when we uh, approached them and the uncovered events were just basically a similar thing over the weekend worship pray together have some messages and then spend an afternoon going out in small groups and being led by god to see who was open to to hear the gospel and thus encouraging us as individuals that God wants to use us to share. Right, Chris. And, and, uh, and so I've known Chris throughout this and seen huge growth and boldness and your, your fear of this get totally crushed and diminished. So, so then Chris, we, um, we got to travel together, um, to Africa to essentially, you know, go and um, link up with people there in different ministries and sort of do this same thing. So can you share some of your experiences on that trip? Mm, yeah, such a, a powerful, like, marking time. <laughs> so good. Uh, it was so good. Yeah, that was like, I don't know, evangelism, like, from start to finish like I've I've never experienced that before (laughs) it was crazy like just like everywhere we went like we were just on mission you know like we were reaching out to people and it wasn't just uh, a program we're putting on you know we weren't just there to like teach some tools like we were actually like 
living it and being an example to the people that we were teaching and taking them out into the streets to share their faith and to pray for the sick and, and see people healed. Like, uh, there were so many healings. It was crazy. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how many people were healed, but it was a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's different a little bit than, than the way it seems to manifest over here, but not to say that God doesn't heal here. Cause I've seen quite a few times where he does. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it's but true. There was something very different over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the atmosphere is different and the people are just open, you know, and they actually, a lot of them believe in God, but maybe just have never experienced his powers, his touch. Um, so they're just like open to be prayed for and, and like believe that they would actually get healed. <laughs> so let me, so let me pick your thing of belief. <laughs> yeah. So let me pick your brain a little bit. So we, we went over there. This is a while ago now. So Adam was still with Youth for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we went over to Botswana and we liaisoned over there with uh, Youth for Christ staffer there. And so we did a little training with a group that was organized there. Mm-hmm. Spent some time there. And then we took that, was it 14 or 16 hour <laughs> bus ride through the Kalahari? Yeah. <laughs> we took Everybody that over to yeah we took that to namibia and where we linked up with uh, another youth for christ organization in namibia and spent some time there doing the same thing so um see if you can see what uh, the lord stirs in your memory about botswana about something from there that you want to share mm. or something that something that changed things for you or increased your faith or boldness from Botswana. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the like the first thing that came to mind was the worship there. <laughs> like that really kind of sparked something in me. Like I, I don't know. I think it even just shifted the way that I I worship God and just like seeing the passion that they worship the Lord with was like next level like uh, I think at one point they were just like singing like acapella and I'm pretty sure you, yeah, you recorded part of it. It was like, you could honestly hear like angels in the background. I swear. Like it was, it was beautiful. Oh man. I probably can't find it in my phone fast <laughs> enough, but it was, they broke yeah. out into spontaneous worship and they were, mm-hmm. most of them were strangers to each other. And it was yeah. like a rehearsed yeah. choir eh? yeah like so in unison just synced right up like they had done this many times <laughs> um yeah and just another thing too i just i just remember like some of them traveled pretty far distances to be there at this training event and i was just like blown away by that like just how hungry they were um it just inspired me to to continue you know like continue chasing after god with all my heart um, yeah, it was just a powerful time. Um, what about, what about the, the bus ride? <laughs> Is there something specific you remember about that bus ride? This bus ride was so insane. The heat, right? Like the heat mm-hmm. of this bus. And it was, it almost seemed like a, a bone straight road through the desert. And it was just mm-hmm. like ostriches and tumbleweeds and yeah. sand forever 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a desert. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it was. It was hot. There was no AC on that bus. Um, uh, I remember kind of dreading it getting on there. I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna die on this bus." <laughs> uh, but you, I remember you guys were like a lot happier about it, <laughs> especially Adam. He's like, "Oh man, I love the heat." <laughs> I was just like, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Which is weird too. Cause he loves the snow and the cold so much. So kind of an extreme. Yeah. 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 I know I was happy, Chris, because when we got on that bus, I was able to get an orange Fanta. <laughs> kept that yeah. kept, kept me happy and hydrated for about four minutes. Yeah. You're, you're easier to please than me, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't that bad. We had the, the windows open and, uh, there was one like, moment where i think it was adam stood up and just was like hey we want to i think it was yeah it was at the start of the trip we want to pray for you guys and like he just like offered like our team basically if anyone wanted prayer for healing and yeah it was powerful like just to see how open people were to that and i I can't remember exactly what the healings were but there was at least a couple people that got healed on the bus there and yeah we just got to have some really good conversations and just make the most of that uh 14 hours yeah Mm -hmm. uh what about namibia you have something what what first thing that comes to your mind in namibia uh just family you know just it felt like family there like the the people just loved you so well like just wanted to take care of you from start to finish and um just made it really kind of homey you know like because we're we're away from home but it just felt like being at home in a totally different place and um just seeing how again how they worship and how they serve god and in a, a different context and it just it just inspired me again, just to, to go after God. And, um, I don't know if this one, I think this was actually on our flight home. I mean, yeah, it was the layover in South Africa, this, this healing that happened where you and I approached this lady with crutches or she had one crutch or something. Uh, (laughs) it was, it was like, I don't know, just a moment of destiny for this person. And for, for me too, like, um, she had a broken leg that had, it had been operated on, but, uh, she still had a lot of pain, obviously still recovering. And so you just offered to, to lay hands and, and pray. And she was totally open. And, um, after you prayed, she was just kind of looking at you with this like shocked and bewildered face and just like, what did you do to me? <laughs> and, and then I remember just looking at her and having this faith of just to say, you're not going to need your crutch anymore. And she like had a friend with her and like literally just passed the crutch to her friend, like in faith and just started walking away. And she had her hands out. Like she was just ecstatic, like didn't know what was happening. And that was like such a marking moment. Like I was just blown away, man. <laughs> like her leg just, God totally healed. Oh yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so true about Namibia with the family, eh? Fiona and Elry and mm-hmm. Stanley and Desiree and mm-hmm. the whole crew there. Yeah. Yeah. They're an awesome bunch of people of those guys. Um, so Chris, let's just fast forward into now. So we come back from that. Now 
you're um, sort of facilitating, well, not sort of, you're facilitating a house church that's seen tremendous amount of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, your your heart has is, is just been pushed to get engaged with full-time ministry. So where, where are you at with that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like pretty much since the time the, I quit my job or quit my, both of my jobs. <laughs> I I just felt like this stirring for ministry, just like be on mission, just give it your all, like every, every day, just be on mission. Um, and yeah, some days it was a struggle. Some days I was like just running with the Lord, you know, and, um, but just, I was just processing and like, what does this look like? God, are, are you going to offer me a position? And I just kind of, always had that inkling that I was supposed to wait for God to open the door. Like I wasn't supposed to go knocking on a bunch of doors, uh, like just trying to find a spot, you know, like whether it be YFC or E3 or a different organization, like I just felt to wait. And, um, yeah, it's kind of been at times like a wilderness, you know, and just like wondering and waiting and just like processing things with the Lord and learning and growing and just, it just feels like, okay, I'm, I'm being prepared. And I, I believe that I was being prepared this whole time for what's coming. Um, but it was just, it felt like such a long process and I just, yeah, I just feel like to encourage people listening, like don't give up waiting. Like he's, he's worth the wait every time. <laughs> Uh, he's so faithful and like our, our lives are so short. Like, um, we need to number, number our days and, and just trust his plan for our lives. Like if he's asking you to do something, if he's asking you to give something up, it's going to be worth it. I promise. (laughs) Um, and so now like, um, I'm looking into potentially working for E3. It's, I don't want to like jump the gun on that, but it's just like, I'm in the application process and it just feels like such a perfect fit with everything that's been going on with house church and, um, just partnering with Curtis and Sylvia and, and just seeing their heart for the Lord and how they do ministry is just like exactly what I feel like I was made for. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do, (laughs) which I mean, I, I haven't had such clarity on that until like this past year and a half of doing house church, it's like, wow, I just want to keep doing this. And I always kind of thought of myself more in like a, like a pastoral type role. And that is like one of my giftings. Um, and just like, I've, I've been prepared for this, this house church role through like young adults and, and youth ministry and just doing small group stuff. Um, God's just prepared me each step of the way to get me ready to actually lead a, a small church. Um, and yeah, we've seen so many beautiful stories coming out of that. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to, to tell one of those stories or, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. If you got a quick story, share a quick story. Sure. Yeah, just, I guess one of my, my favorite moments, this was last summer, um, just with, uh, three people that I really, really care about in my life. Like they were kind of just, they either knew about God, but they weren't really following him. Um, or they just like didn't know him at all. I can't remember the exact background for each of them, but anyway, on that night, 
I think it was like Curtis had taught on deliverance or something. And then we ended up like praying and worshiping at the end of the night and just praying for each other. And, um, yeah, there was, there was like very powerful moments in that night where people were just getting delivered from demons. And, um, it was just beautiful to see like everything that, that God had done through just simple obedience to running this, this church group that he was just kind of like, uh, rewarding us, but also just bringing this freedom into these people's lives that just desperately needed it. And they ended up getting the three of them getting baptized that night. Um, and, uh, I just remember feeling the presence of God, like so strong in the room. Like he was, he was so tangible. Like he just was so hungry for the freedom of his children and just, just wanted them to know him, you know? And, we just had an amazing opportunity just to kind of like introduce or reintroduce them to the father and, and his love for them. And, um, those, those people have been like, those three have been living like pretty like sold out, you know, since then it's just been incredible to see. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. A lot of good things happening over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still, you still attend a church on Sundays. Where were you? Uh, I haven't vocals? been actually for for a while. A while. I don't even know how long now. It has been a while. Um, just with all the like the ministry stuff and like we've been running our church Saturday nights and it's just like a lot of nights we go into like midnight. Um, and that the night that I was just talking about where the the three got baptized, we were literally in Beaver Mead Park until like one a.m. Yeah, <laughs> and just like celebrating and praising God in the park in the middle of the night. Like it was wild. So yeah, just all the ministry stuff has just been like a lot. And just, I felt like I didn't need to be at a Sunday service because I'm like, I'm getting my church on Saturday night and I'm just like exhausted come Sunday morning. So it's just like a, a beautiful day of rest for me with the Lord. Most days I try to just keep Sundays me and him as much as I can. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for, I got one more question for you, man, but thanks for coming in and sharing your story. My pleasure, bro. Thanks there, for having me. There's so much more. Uh, I talk about you a lot, bro, cause there's so much growth I've seen since I've known you, um, you know, from someone who was, I don't know, I know you led, uh, youth and what you had said in your church before back in the day, but, um, like, you were f- way more introverted when I first met you than mm-hmm. your boldness now, which is awesome. Just the testimony of the Lord, right? Yeah. Uh, which is great. And just your boldness. And so I just in- encourage you to, to keep growing and just keep being obedient. Uh, actually, it's very encouraging to me. You just talking about obedience and trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking to start a new uh, an, an additional segment to this podcast uh, where we just dive deeper into some of these stories. So I'd like to have you back at some point and, and just spend a session talking about going deeper into the things that we saw in Africa mm. and what a trip like that actually looks like. Cause there's a lot of stories and a lot of depth yeah. uh, and examples of how the Lord wants to use us and what he'll do. So I'd like to have you back for that. But totally. in the meantime, dude, um, what, what would you say if, if you could talk to somebody right now, 
or somebody had came up to you for advice, somebody who was at that 21, 22 years of age, where you were, where they are kind of searching, right? Because the typical thing is, you know, you just, you got to get a job and you got to start a career and you got to make money, but they're really don't know what they want to do or where they want to go. And they believe, but they're kind of not fully sold out. What would you say to encourage somebody like that? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. I, I would encourage just to, to wait on him just to take a pause and because there's so much pressure, especially around that age coming out of like high school or whatever, just to figure yourself out and to know who you are, to know your career, to, to start making money, to start becoming the provider for yourself and separating yourself a bit from your parents. It's just like a pressure cooker of an environment to be in, but just give yourself space with the Lord to just pause. Like even, um, if you just take like the, the summer, you know, like, or a year even just give God a good chunk of time to actually speak into your life and just start journaling. That's, that was a huge thing for me to start journaling, start believing that you hear God's voice and just like write down the things that you think he's saying to you, you know, like whether it's in the scriptures or in a sermon you heard or just in prayer, you heard him give you like a word or a picture or something, just journal it and just start keeping a, a record of God's move of God's voice in your life and, and just obey trust him and obey him. Cause he's good. He's so good. Amen. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure, bro. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story. I just feel his presence in here right now. Just as you said, what you just shared, bro. Mm -hmm. Thanks again, brother. We'll talk soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Friends, have you heard God's voice? Many people that have been on this podcast have talked about hearing God's voice. If they can hear his voice, so can you. Are you seeking to know what you were made for? Sometimes we feel that the word obedience is negative. But when a loving father is trying to guide you down a path, the word obedience is a word of love. It's a love request and it's responding back in love. Reach for him, friends. Mm-hmm.